0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL podcast. My name is Hakun Wong, and I'm the editor in chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me, as always, is my co-host Adam Aniva of the Burgundy Gold Report. How you doing, Adam?
2: Hey, how's
1: it going, man? All right, as I mentioned, well, hey, it's going great, Adam. And I'll tell you why it's going great, because as I mentioned last week, and I never say this, but I am absolutely giddy right now because of our extra special guest. He was a huge part of the 1976 Rose Bowl winning UCLA football team. He was the fourth round draft pick of the Cincinnati Bengals. He's an important member of the Super Bowl 17 winning Washington Redskins. He's a broadcast superstar. He's had shows on ESPN, MASN, Fox 5, and Westwood One, as well as sideline reporting for the Washington radio broadcast. He's the founder of Walker Corporate Consulting LLC and Proview Magazine. It's the one, it's the only, it's a legend. Wait for it, Derek Rick Doc Walker. Welcome to the show, Doc.
3: Hey, gentlemen, I am happy to be here. Thank you.
1: Oh, well, I, and I think we were talking a little bit about this pre-show, but, <laughs> man, you've done it all, Doc. You've done it all. Is there anything you can't do? I don't think there is anything that you can't do right now.
3: <laughs> well, all of us, you know, have an incredible ability to adapt. I mean, most ball players. You have to have two or three careers. The average American doesn't retire at 30. Right. You know, and (laughs) have another 30 years. So you have to reinvent yourself constantly. Otherwise, you won't eat. That's the beauty about our, you know, our country, the fact of free enterprise. And even though it's not a level playing field, it never
1: has been. It may never be. But it doesn't mean you can't succeed. You yep. just got to go out work, here. right? Right. Well, you are a testament to the hard work and where that can get you on and off the field. And I am so excited about what we have to talk about today. Send going to be so much to talk about. So let's go ahead and get rolling here. All right, Doc. I got some hard-hitting questions for you, and I think you'll see that I dive into all the nitty-gritty, tough questions on this show, and Adam asks all the fluff. So. My first hard-hitting <laughs> okay. question for you is really important to Adam and I, actually, because we love football, and we also love food. So tell us, Doc, inquiring minds want to know, what's your favorite football-watching food?
3: It'd probably be wings.
1: Oh, yeah. it's the wings.
3: <laughs> yeah, wings. And I consider beer food, so
1: it be uh, yeah, beer wings agree, yeah. absolutely agree with that one, 100%. Hey, I have I one hundred percent hey the other exactly. They go together hand in hand. Let me ask you this question, um doc, so are we talking about hot wings or mild?
3: well, medium, but I really, I like dry rub. I would get a rub, yeah, um yeah, there we go, yeah, really, probably more so with the bell bay with the rub. that's probably my go to.
1: Okay, That's all right, now we're, Definitely. Definitely. now we're talking. Now yeah. we're talking, because I'm a I'm a big-time barbecue blue guy. Blue cheese, not ranch. Blue, not uh, ranch. Thank, thank you, cheese. Doc. Obviously. Thank you, obviously, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> yeah blue cheese.
2: Yeah. I'm trying to get my mm-hmm. kids off this ranch kick until I get them to blue cheese where it's supposed to no, be. No, I can't I can't do ranch. Yeah,
1: yeah I, ranch. I, I so only agree. Blue,
2: and I don't do carrots. Don't do <laughs> carrots, <laughs>
3: only celery. Uh, yeah. To be honest. Celery, blue cheese, Wait.
1: Yeah. Hey, perfect, to be honest, perfect. I never do carrots or, or, or celery anywhere. It doesn't, you know, at any <laughs> in any point in time. So it doesn't make a difference here. Yeah. Um. So that's that's a winner. And as you as you may or may not know, Doc, uh, both Adam and I are nachos guys. We uh we are the nachos guys. Oh, I love wings, nachos.
3: Oh no, yeah.
1: love nachos. Yeah. Right. But All right.
3: you can go to if if had wings or nachos, it's wings. Next is nachos.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, and as Adam yeah. says, 1A and 1B, right, Adam? That's like, they're basically that's staple that's right.
2: foods. <laughs> and, and you know what, Doc touched on the dry rub, it's 100%. Like 10 years ago, I was with the different sauces, teriyaki, spicy, but it's been all about the dry rub now, yeah. because there's so many different Child variations. Dry you rub, want a little spicy, little hot, yeah. that's what I like too, Doc, for sure. Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah, a little bit, yes, yes. yeah, and then, and then uh, barbecue, you know, ribs, if you got some ribs, I mean, yes, sir. A, it can go on. You <laughs> There's no way, wrong way to I'm do it. I'm getting hungry. No wrong way
1: to do it. <laughs> I am getting really hungry. I love I love that barbecue. Yeah. I make my own Memphis style rub, lots of paprika, lots of cayenne. You're more than welcome, Dr. Oh, yeah. on over. I will go ahead and smoke a, yeah. a, a a beautiful pork shoulder. Everybody's welcome to come over. Adam, Doc, everybody come over oh, next definitely. football weekend. All welcome. All right. Sure, sure. Another hard hitting question for you, Doc. And this is very important to me, mm-hmm. as anybody knows me, because football is my number one but I'm a big movie and TV guy. What's your favorite movie Mm -hmm. and favorite TV show?
3: You know, uh, I got to say that right now, maybe my go-to TV show is uh, life below zero. Wow. And uh, Yeah, life below zero is probably I between law and order. Yes, um, Chicago PD. Oh, yeah. Those may be the top three. Chicago PD, Law and Order. But Alaska, the whole properties that they're doing about survival and, you know, rough right. it in extreme cold. Yeah. And yeah. eat what you kill to be able to chop trees. And there's, there's two women that yep. are out there. Yes, really, and one really of them has show. a baby. And yep. then Sue, Sue's my hero, and what she's <laughs> able to do it, right to port, and handling all the fuel and stuff, and dealing with the predators, the bears, the, the wolverines, everything that's out there, and having to survive in a way that you're solo, you got to build right. a cabin, you have to be able to, you know, dry your your meat out, and all of these different things in a, from a survival standpoint. As we ate, you know, we're trying to get people on the moon, Mars, all over and yet people are still roughing it on their own yep. and using the land and seeing how beautiful things are or can be if we don't tear the country up with plastics and all as as, as ridiculously sloppy as we are as a society. Yep, It's really cool to see nature. And um, whether you believe in global warming, whatever you believe, The facts are there. I mean, you just got to go check it out. And just the whole idea about animal life and and how the ecosystem really works. And um, it's really – I don't try to watch a whole bunch because TV mostly, for me, uh, when I was actively on every day, is about 90% of it's all sports for me because I really think that you have an obligation – to actually watch what you talk about and actually <laughs> have a feel for what you're talking about.
1: Couldn't agree uh, more.
3: You don't have to be an expert at it, but I have the ability to get experts on. You yep. know, I always want to get guys on that know a hell of a lot more about the subject matter because it's not about me. I'm trying to give our listeners the best thing I can give them, and that is the smartest people in every category. Yes, sir. You know, whereas, you know, I've got Al Coker. If I'm talking hockey, nobody wants to hear me talk hockey. They want to hear Al Fokin, Joe Beninati. You know, they want to see my Alan May. I got to get to bring the sources to the marketplace so everybody can can get it from experts. I think a lot of times in talk radio, people think they have to be experts. I don't agree with that. Mm -hmm. You got to be Mm -hmm. able to get experts, and you have to have your own level of expertise, but – I don't think anybody knows everything. I wouldn't trust a person that told me they know everything. <laughs> <You>
0: <laughs> Neither know, would I. I'm,
3: you know, I'm, I'm not trying to be a jack of all trades, the master of none. Right. I don't believe in that. I think you dominate your space and then you get others on that are equal or better than you because it's about giving it to the people. So as long yep. as the people get the information, hell, who who cares the crap, who who delivers it? My job is to make sure that if you really love something, whether it's tennis, Uh, or golf i got to get somebody on there that has dedicated their life towards it to make sure that you get what you what you're here for
1: yes sir yep absolutely and 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 by the way just to bring it all back to the beginning love all those shows and i'm actually a chicago guy so i like to think of myself as coming Mm -hmm. from a very cold climate but man life below zero Mm -hmm. alaska that's cold (laughs) that is that is a cold climate. So that's it, that's amazing stuff. And super yeah. educational, boys and girls. Go check it out. That is good, good stuff. Great, yeah, great yeah. example. really
3: it really makes you not take things for granted. Oh, I mean, yeah. Right. You see how people rough it and enjoy it and use the land and really understand the ecosystem. That's really the most important thing, how everything is here for a reason and it feeds off each other. And ultimately, it feeds us. Yep. You know, and then, um, yeah, it's it's fascinating. So I've been a big fan of um, of that. And, and, you know, if people do shows well, um, we've been thrusted over the last, you know, three, four years. It's been so political that, yep. you know, whether it's Colbert, um, well, I watch them all. I watch Fox, I watch CNN, I watch ESPN. I watch them all because I realize that everybody has an agenda. Once upon a yep. time, I thought, you could trust news. You really can't trust anything, but <laughs> you should do yourself a favor and listen to all of it. If you just right, listen right. to one of it and it's slanted, then you become slanted.
2: Agree for sure.
1: That's some that yeah. is some good that is some good advice right there. That's some good life advice and a great and a great suggestion on TV. We can't believe fourteen seasons of Life Below Zero. Isn't that unbelievable? So that wow, that was a that's a great answer. I can't believe we got off on that uh, side topic there. But terrific, uh, terrific suggestions there, everybody. Go so check out the show, but also, keep in mind, listen to everything. Get all sides before you make your own decision yourself. Doc, I want to turn to your amazing career. You have an amazing career both on and off the field. And I want to ask you, first of all, what was your best memory of playing at UCLA?
3: Um, winning the, well, you got, in order to get to the Rose Bowl, you got to win the pac 8. Right, time, right. right. Yep. So it's about winning winning the conference and getting to the Rose Bowl. Rose Bowl is our version of the Super Bowl out west. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was the granddaddy of them all. It still is, in my opinion. And to <clears throat> be able to beat Southern Cal and then get there and, and um, to beat Ohio State, it was undefeated. And one went away from the national championship. And to avenge the earlier loss, It's about winning. Every level, the goal is to win, to win it all. It's Mm -hmm. not about playing. It is important to play when you haven't played. You want to be able to make a team, to be able to earn a role. But if you don't win, to me, it's it's a waste of time. It's about winning. Yes, sir. You know, and and everything that comes along with it is gravy. But if you don't win, to me, while you're eligible to win, I don't think that's a – it's a hole you can never fill. You can, can't talk your way into winning. You either did it or you didn't. But it's a team sport.
1: <laughs> yep. No, I totally agree with that. And then I can say, I I, I definitely feel the Rose Bowl is kind of the Super Bowl for that. You know, I mean, being a Big Ten guy myself, I've always looked at the Rose Bowl as being yeah. that, that top, the pinnacle in college. So that is yeah. something that's amazing. Yes, amazing. And it's amazing if you go, when you gets being there, the, uh, par- the you know, you have the the Parade of Roses, you have all the, the Tournament of Roses. It's just like a, an amazing atmosphere all the way around. Super excited. I yeah, can have a great – I mean, I've been there. Yep.
3: You do. Yeah. No, I've I i I've been to the parade. You get up at 4 a.m. And yep. you drive up and you sit out there. I've done all that. And to have yep. been a yep. participant of the parade and then ultimately playing in the game and then to come back and play the Super Bowl in the Rose Bowl, it was a oh, double. one yeah, right. for me. Yeah, and, that's uh, right. Yeah, it really was, and so wow. it really like having a home game. So when you can have a home Super Bowl game, I mean, Tampa just did it for the first time for a team to play there. But if you're from that area and the bowl, the Super Bowl is there in 1972 when Washington played Miami, the team stayed in my hometown. That's when I, Brig Owens is from my hometown, so. I'd always had my eye on Burgundy and Gold because Brig, and I was 12. Wow. I think at the time, 12, 13, or whatever. But I remember them in our town, how exciting it was. So that's why my heroes are Larry Brown and Charlie Haraway and Jerry Smith, Charlie Taylor, Sonny Jurgensen, Billy Kilmer, uh, you know, Brunei, all those Mm -hmm. guys, because I got a chance to see that when they came to my hometown. And then they lost to the Dolphins, who were undefeated, obviously. Yeah. Uh, But that 72 team and their ring that they got for the championship ring, I used to see those guys wear it. And I I just, I got to have one. It's (laughs) one of the classiest championship rings I've ever seen. Still to this day, I love it. It's classy. Now they look like, I mean, you got to have an armed guard with you. (laughs) All <laughs> oh, right, the way they build it now, you know, right. when you the wear a diamond have the security, factory on your finger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 I'm not mad at him, but that was my uh, introduction to the spirit that surrounded uh, Bergen and Gold football. It was just something I'd never seen, and then to be here to play it in RFK against them, I yeah, seeing how these fans, fans, it was. they had Dallas Hickman and Pete Wasaki; these guys covering kicks. They were throwing their bodies around like mercenaries. I've never seen anything <laughs> like that. Wow. I mean, because the, the Wild bunch, the Wild Bunch was the first like subgroup. And they had the over the hill gang, obviously. Um, but then right. the but the but the wild bunch had um, really a profound effect on me and the spirit in which these guys play special teams. You know, and they've had and we have some of the greatest returners in NFL history. There's yeah, sure. Kicks here in this town. And it's a, a who's who, Herb Mulkey, you know, Brown, uh, you know, Nelms, Mitchell, Daryl Green. Um it yep. has been amazing the talent that has been here. And it's really about the guys that block for these people because they're for great sure. talents. Yep. But the commitment to make them succeed was such an unselfishness that was always taught here about teams and how important it was. Joe Gibbs was a stickler on it. George Allen was a stickler on it. And it kind of just rubbed off to where, you know, it's a prideful thing to me to this day. I mean, I just lose my mind when we don't return punts well, or we don't cover kicks well, because to me, that's our, that's our DNA. It's mm-hmm. it's just such a tradition that how how we play teams here. And that's why, uh, Joe, as innovative as Joe was offensively, I mean he was a stickler on teams. Richie Pettibone to me was a genius on defense. And so we've always had that that balance and there's, there's just a special camaraderie that this team has been passed down. That guys play with a with a real spirit. And the stadium and RFK was so conducive.
2: Nothing it, like it, yep. I mean, it was just
3: 55000 and the place was nut house.
2: You, you would have thought it and was 200000 just... the way that place shake, you know? Yeah, so. it's it's amazing, <laughs>
3: it's amazing what happened in that place. And that's why when they blow that place up, man, I'll be in tears. That place was, mm. it was special. You know, and FedEx can be the exact same thing. You just have to win it. I don't think people are, you know, no, just win it. <laughs> if you win it, right you win know, it. It'd be it'd be fine. Yeah, it'd be fine. Yeah. it'd be no problem. Those yeah, you know, those playoff <laughs> games, the Seattle playoff game, the Green Bay playoff oh, game. Yeah, every game playoff game is still etched in my mind. Yeah, every one of those playoff games, and uh, and we just haven't won them. And so yeah. I think you know that Ron at Rivera has his group positioned in the right way, and. It's about winning that, I want us to you know get a home playoff game and to win it and uh and get our mojo back
1: yeah yeah well i'm and that is. I mean, it was a good – it was actually a good end of the season uh, for the Washington football team. And I know I'm going to let Adam get to that in a second. I'm going to ask you one last question, and I'm going to yeah. let him ask all that yeah. fluff about football. But let me ask you this. Let's talk about the other side of your your career because obviously you've been very successful in media as well. I just want to ask, you know, what's your best memory so far in your broadcasting career?
3: Well, you know, doing games uh... – which I love doing games and committing yourself to letting the public know about these kids and their parents to me, college, I love high school too, but high school Mm -hmm. and college, you're talking to relatives and fan and friends and family, right? You know, it's friends and family. And it's like, um, so I never tried to take it for granted. I needed to know all I could know about everybody out there so that, if they did something special that I could honor them and their parents, you know, who, you know, when you're a kid, you, parents are supporting everything, cleats, gear, insurance, mm-hmm. driving them there. As a parent yeah. of uh, hey, three kids who play football, I mean, it's such a a load on parents Yeah. because a lot of these kids are playing ball before they start driving. Now at college, everybody's <laughs> driving. In high school, so it's such a team uh, deal. And, you know, my mom, she worked at Snack Bar in Little League uh, 20 years after I left. I got out in oh. 68. She was working it 20 years after working Snack Bar. It, you know, <laughs> it's these community things to me that's so tight wow. that right. of the volunteers, the, the people who coach, you don't make any money coaching. You right. know, you it costs you money for most times. You've got to feed kids. You're getting kids who can't afford gear. I'm trying to cover it, and um, to me, uh, I did an Arena Bowl uh, championship. Matter of fact, Coach Gruden with we mm-hmm. Tampa Bay—he um, was a hell of a player and a hell of a coach. And that League One championship, uh, I had some you know, rival games for me. You mm-hmm. know, covering sports, you know, being down at the, at the swamp uh, and doing Florida, Florida State doing LSU, Alabama, doing SCU, LA, doing Michigan, Michigan, Ohio State. Man, oh, yeah. those are big, big venues. And uh, I just love the atmosphere. There's nothing like, you know, being in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and they put 117,000 in there. Yep. Uh, I've big done house. Ohio State, Michigan, and Ann Arbor. Uh, yep. I've been there. as a, I went to see Notre Dame go to the big house. All right. Uh, being a horseshoe,
1: well, I'm
3: you know, doing nice. games at the, oh man, at the horseshoe, man, I'll tell you what, there's just so many venues and that's what I really enjoyed. That's what I miss most is, um, you know, doing games, being up in Syracuse, you know, the Carrier Dome and and seeing the 44 bar they have there, honoring all the great players that oh, were yeah. 44 there. And, you know, you get in on a Friday and, you know, hit the bookstore. I mean, I've got, Man, I've got Tennessee gear. I've got
1: <laughs> Kentucky
3: gear. I always got sweatshirt every place I've ever have, been.
1: Just like and, it. Uh, I,
3: it, and that's you the kind of
1: cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I know. I mean, the that's same. the best so part I, of it. I really.
3: Yeah, yeah. The college campuses—you'd um, be surprised. You know, I really loved the whole process. There's nothing about it to me it was work. Clemson, South Carolina. Um. Woo. It, to see Clemson and South Carolina play, I was there for the brawl, that big brawl game they had. I was doing the game. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, working with Steve Martin all those years. And it, it is – they take football so seriously. Uh, Dabo Sweeney, first couple of years I was doing games, and I knew he'd win. He had a plan. He did yeah. every stinking thing he told me he was going to do. Yeah, Matt Brown he. down in Carolina, he's mm-hmm. a hell of a coach. You know, Mac Brown could win. Anywhere he goes, he'll win. So I I just love seeing um, the guys that end up growing, going from college to pros or whatever, and and seeing these guys go through the process. uh, It's a hell of a lot of fun and when you can make a living doing something that you just love to do. And that's the key about it. You know, the people who win in life, it's not about the money. It's about doing things that, Make you wake up at five a.m. and be ready to go. You know, it's yep. being a lot of people they hate to hear, hear their alarm clock. I um, I always beat mine. You know, I mean, I can wake up because I'm excited about what I'm about to get a chance to do, and um, so that's that's the biggest thrill for me on game day uh, from the booth. And you know, then on the sidelines, you just don't realize what a rush it is to be that close. To some of the craziest things I've ever seen. I look at the game from the sidelines and say, "Oh my God, how can anybody do this?"
0: Yeah. <laughs> these dudes are
3: humongous. They run like the wind, and even though they've taken a lot of the impact out of the game, um, it's still it's still a charge. It's a big charge for me. I miss old football style football. I miss the Ronnie Lotts and Jack Tatum's guys I played against where they were going to knock you tear your head off. Mel <laughs> Blunt, you know, you, you don't know what it's like coming out of a huddle and going out and, and looking at Mel Blunt and going, my
1: God. Yeah, I like, don't Mel? know. It. I don't want to know what I it's mean, like. You know,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, but, but but what you remember about the game is when you're on the field with the with the badasses. See, Lawrence Taylor, his whole career, I mean, we played them as rookie year. We Who the hell is this? You didn't know who he was. <laughs> It didn't take it didn't take long to figure it out, you know. And you know when you're seeing Reggie White, you're playing against Reggie White, you're playing against Dune right. Day, the Steel Curtain, White. you know. Uh, yep. You come out of a huddle, and you got Joe Green, Dwight White,
0: uh, Jack Hamm, No, Thank you. No, Jack thank Lambert. you. <laughs> uh, I mean,
3: these dudes, and that's a great era. The fo- football has changed, but watching it, you know, from that a week of scrimmage, the uh, one thing I thought Gibbs was genius in you know, if you're going to scrimmage somebody, you want to scrimmage the Steelers or the Colts. Mm -hmm. And because you know you're going to get work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we hated Baltimore. There's always a rivalry with Baltimore. And uh, the Steelers, if I'm going to pick a sparring partner, I want to play, I want to work out against the Steelers.
0: (laughs) Because (laughs) of the way
3: they approach football. Yeah, yeah, they're going to get pushed. So, in order to bring the best out in you, you got to challenge and go up against you know, the best and uh, and measure yourself and measure your unit because every team, you know, it's offense, defense, and special teams, but it's all got to work together, you know, and the coaches, right. how they handle timeouts, halftime adjustment. I think I played with, for one of the best ever in Joe Jackson yep. Gibbs, halftime adjustments, yep. Richard Pettibone, halftime adjustments. So,
2: yes, sir. And when you
3: see it, uh, you know, the thrill about the game is really if you're lucky enough to be around great programs and and our program, you know, we lost our first five games, with coach Gibbs, right. You know, we didn't win our first game till we beat the Chicago bears and when yep. you're zero and five and you get a win. Uh, I'll never forget that plane ride home, you know? So there's certain plane rides. You'll never forget the, the bear game. Yeah. First win under Gibbs. Never, ever forget it. Never forget the, fatigues game when we jumped in fatigues and went down and beat dallas and dallas <laughs> yeah um you know you just you don't forget that you don't forget the super bowl win flying back a in format. having president oh, reagan man. and nancy reagan at on okay. the tarmac
1: Woo! they met us on amazing. the tarmac you know oh my
3: gosh uh, you can't make this unbelievable. up unbelievable you can't make it up you know <laughs> yeah <it's>, that's <laughs> amazing so there's a whole bunch,
1: talking yeah
3: a whole bunch yeah. of game gifts
1: so since we're already deep into the football, you know what Adam's got a bunch of uh ah, football related questions so <laughs> Adam, why'd you jump into those Cool
2: yeah before I before I get started, I just you know I want to thank you um you've been uh so great to me uh since in two thousand and eighteen i re wrote uh, reached out to you when I started the Burgundy and Gold Report. you gave me my first interview uh-huh. you know you 've been there any anytime yeah. i 've had questions anything um my dad um, I just lost him over the weekend um. He was the oh, reason I got into watching football, um, and you're the mm-hmm. reason um, I actually got into it as well. Because anytime we watch games together, I'd always have my eye on the outside, looking on, because everyone, you know, as a kid, you look at the receivers. He says no, he says no, Baba. Pay attention to Doc. Pay attention to Doc Walker. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to thank you because you've been an inspiration on and off the field for me and my father. Uh, my father came here to Georgetown to play soccer and taught me nothing but football. But so I just wanted to thank you for that. <laughs> You don't get too emotional here. <laughs>
0: um,
2: well, no, I wish I had a chance. I wish you had a chance for me, Pop. I mean,
3: like for me, we I just lost one of my heroes, Irv Cross. Um, you know, when you look at somebody, Irv was a safety um, with the Eagles, but he also played with the Rams. So I saw him as a Ram as a kid, you know, growing up. And, and then, you know, to see him on CBS, uh, he's the first African-American that I saw really on TV. And, um, you know, doing games and Bernie Casey. Everybody needs somebody, and he was very nice, and um, that helps you. We're in the industry. Anybody, I encourage anybody that can make a living at this to go for it, because if you love it, you gotta if love you're it. doing what you like to do, yes, and then sir. that's what you should do. And so... Anybody ask me, I, oh, hell yeah, because <laughs> we have to depend on um, we need bait and right. interviews and getting people on your shit. It's bait. And so right. you throw that bait out there so you can catch something, And that's what it yep. works with. So everybody, to me, has an obligation to help support everybody on whatever format they have because you want to encourage them to do what they love to do and see if they can turn it into a living. And they can make it a career because then you're doing what you want to do. And to me, there's nothing better than that.
1: Yep. Exactly.
2: Exactly. exactly. So let's get down to why, you know, why I was brought into this show as a co-host to appeal to the Washington fans. So, you know, the quarterback situation in Washington is, it's murky and it's murky as ever right now. In your personal opinion, this is a kind of a two, three-fold question. Who do you think starts the season as a starter? Who's QB2, and is there a guy you like out of the first round in this draft? Because everyone knows the top four guys, but is there someone later you like? Because right now, again, it's the murkiest I think it's been in a while.
3: Um, I'm going to lend this to my dear friend, Kevin Sheehan, um, who runs the scouting service. I don't. I, um, I'm i an analyst,
0: mm-hmm.
3: and, and and I like interview doing the interview format, but I would never disrespect. Um Marty Herney and Martin Mayhew and their scouting staff. These guys do this every day. For they sure. look at film. You know, in order to scout, you you can't sit at home on your couch. You gotta be a right. practice. <laughs> you gotta watch film. And with the pandemic, I know it's very difficult. Whoever they decide is who I go with. I don't even waste my time with that. I mean, Kevin does he does a great job. I admire people because what Mel Mel Kuyper has built an institution, mm-hmm. Top these guys, man, they, they, they put in 100-hour weeks. Yeah. And you see it at the end. But, man, for me, the draft, um, I'm a second-day guy. I, right. I care did. about who we get on fifth, sixth, seventh rounds, free agents, uh, un, UFAs, undrafted right. free agents,
0: mm-hmm.
3: because our teams, we won with, you know, it's not about the draft, the selection. Right. I love Chase Young and all that. But the first-round guy, that's that's cool. But, you know, it, it, when I look at, it, at, at a roster, I think Chase Rouillet is a gem. Yeah. You know, when you get starters in the sixth round, I mean, <clears throat> Brandon Sheriff is a beast. I mean, he yeah. he's, he's everything plus a bag of chips. <laughs> but what West Weitzer did at left guard was incredible in what he did. Uh what Cornelius Lucas did at left tackle was unbelievable. David Sharp came in. David's a big guy. He's gotta he gotta bend his knees and, and exert himself, but he played his best football. So I look at when I see a guy like Lucas, who was on the Bears, got some starts, but these guys weren't starters. <laughs> So it tells me that our offensive line uh was coached up. I need people right. to get better once we right. get them. And so right. uh Logan Thomas, the season he had, if you yeah. think our tight yep. ends coach is not special, then you mm-hmm. you don't know you don't know football. Because he helped. The guy had everything I Yeah. Right. Yeah. He played his best football. So Terry McLaurin is a godsend. He's a godsend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but we saw Stephen Sims Jr. flash. He got to catch the ball better. If he does that, Cam Sims, we saw him develop. You know, Inman, he flashed. Yeah. Um, you know, Gandy Golden. So I was looking to see what guys flashed. Isaiah Wright, I think, can play. Uh, but they need help at that Great. position. They need help at the tight end position. I love Sprinkle. Ball got some play, but it's time to find out we need more competition in that position in my mind. And so when I look at a roster, I go, yeah, I knew Landon Collins was a beast, but the guy that stole my my deal was Cameron Curl. So yes, once sir. again, that's the, scouting, that's the scouting department. Those are people that you don't even know their names, but somebody fought for Cameron Curl in those meetings, and they got him. You know, Troy Apke, he flashed. But he got to get to the next level. Jeremy Reeves came in and showed some flash, but the Chaser Everett is my hero. Now, I don't know if he comes back to the torn pec, but he's my hero. Matt Ionitis is a monster, but he got to come back off the torn bicep. So you got to find out do you get these guys back? Does Landon Collins recover from the torn Achilles? So they got three guys that you know are special, but you don't know is how the recovery, you know, will be. But so I'm looking at, I knew John Allen was special, Duran Payne, but did you know Tim Settle was going to be as good as he is? See, to me, that is where your scouting department, your back office, this is when they get guys. Getting up to get Montez Sweat. To me, Sweat is more upside than anybody on their team. Anybody, on their whole team. This guy, you you have no idea.
2: how good he could be. He's just, yeah, it, you know, he's it, growing through that. People say, right, because people think that he's expendable because you have Chase Young now, but, you know, those two are great. Oh, no, 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 yeah, no, no. Yeah. no, 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 it, no, Cole it,
3: it, Holcomb. Cole Holcomb yeah. has a chance to be special, For you sure. know, and, again, we're talking about mid – I didn't mention the one first-round pick out of that group, and that was Montez Sweat. Uh, you know Kendall Fuller's legit, but I need Jimmy Moreland to take that next step. I need Favre yeah. and Moreau. I need to figure him out. I need to know if my yeah. Bruins. you got to take the next step. If not, you know, and at the quarterback position, uh, you got Allen and Heike, who you guys are promising. I need to see more out of Montez. And then they'll bring someone in. They may draft, they may sign somebody. But whatever they right. do, that's their business. I don't get involved in that. I just get involved <laughs> in how they develop them once we get them because you got to right. get them right. better.
2: Yeah, and, and you know, and, and I'm 100%, but. Of course, I always get the questions on Twitter, and honestly, I give a lot of the same answers you do, especially with the draft of the day two. Because I, you know, I was able to, you know, learn some things under Lewis Riddick during my time at the Scouting Academy. So 100 percent about the whole valuation process, Good man. you have to, you know, you Good have to man. trust the film, you know. And and like you said, the day two guys, day three guys, Antonio Gandy, Golden was a guy I loved last year, and Kyle Duggar, yeah. who actually I, I sat down with him last year, went to the Patriots. But let's get around the league, mm-hmm. and I know our other uh, listeners out there are really wanting to hear your thoughts on the, the other quarterbacks. You know, What do you think about the whole right. John Watson situation in Houston? Do you envision that also happening? to Russell Wilson? Do you think those guys are going to stay put?
3: You know, this is a new NFL because players yeah. now have a little bit more latitude than they've ever had, ever. Uh, the Cowboys did the right thing. I was hoping they'd blow it. With Dak, they didn't. Um, (laughs) They signed him. When you get a guy that's special, you have to retain his services, no matter what the cost, because it's the hardest position in sports to play without. You got to have a guy. 32. There's about 12 that are are unique. And that shows you the drop-off. And, um, and so you got to be able to – one thing Joe Gibbs was a genius in, we had a coach called Jerry Rome. And Jerry – Joe would have him on another field adjacent from the practice, and he'd be working with – I saw him work with Trent Green. I saw him work with uh, Mark Rippin, Doug Williams, um, almost every quarterback. And all those guys I mentioned all end up being off-roads and winning bowls. And he'd be over there with him one-on-one. He used to have these big catchers, like a catcher's mitt, because they were wearing him out. And, and, he, and yeah. Joe gave one gave quarterback their own coach, and he worked with them the entire practice, and they weren't even eligible. They weren't even up. And I thought, wow, that's smart. Cannot not have three people minimum that can run your offense or you're not going to win, because you can't keep right. a guy healthy the whole year which means that the guy who plays when he's not in has got to be up to his level. And it was demonstrated here with the heroic performance by Alex Smith,
0: mm-hmm. who is a winner.
3: And 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 it was obvious even despite coming back off a devastating injury, he was able to prove himself again being a winner. And they're going to move on from that, but you got to replace him. And he was these guys got a chance to take a peekaboo, but you got to get a badass. And and then whatever skill set they choose, whomever they want, then your offense is dictated, you know, along those lines. And I can't predict any of that, but I can tell you that I expect them to draft
2: and or bring in a veteran. Without a doubt that if you don't have a quarterback in this league, you know, you're definitely going to struggle. But, Doc, I want to thank you so much. You know, on behalf of myself, my father, you've been a big inspiration for me. And, you know, I, I think that our our listeners, Washington fans, they're going to be, you know, ecstatic to, you know, get to listen to this show and just hear our thoughts. So, again, just thank you so much for coming on with us.
1: Amen.
3: Anytime. You guys, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, God bless you, your father's soul. I mean, that's I lost my man. I was 17.
2: So be thankful. How old was he when he passed? Seven. He just turned 79. He had a long and illustrious life. I, I'm very. I'm happy for my dad. Oh death, man, so I'm very baby, happy
3: yeah,
2: baby, mm-hmm. 79. Yeah, my mom's 88. And
3: um, <laughs> you know, so he he, dro- he dropped some seeds on you, man, and you are uh, <laughs> you making him proud. He, he he's smiling. He'll be li- he'll be listening. He'll catch the sure. show. <laughs> <give them> a, <laughs> Doc, no the doubt foot, about that. football team, baby. Uh, yeah, hell the football team. Hail to the football team. Yeah. That's it, man. All
1: right. Thanks guys. so much,
3: Doc. Hey, stay safe. Mask up. Yes, yeah, sir. Good, good. Good. Man. Don't
1: thanks, be Doc. weak. <laughs> yeah. All right. You're
3: good. Peace.
1: You got it. Thank you so much. And that was it, Rick Doc Walker. Wow, follow him at Rick Doc Walker on Twitter. Um, he's an awesome follow. Everyone should check him out on game days, it's amazing. And of course, check out docwalker.com. Um, it is what an amazing interview! What an amazing guy! Uh, thanks a lot, Doc. You got it, brother. Peace. Okay, all right. Well, that was fantastic. It's really hard to follow up on that one, isn't it? Um, Adam, I mean, that's that's a tough one to follow right there. Some amazing information from all from his favorite TV shows and favorite foods to all his thoughts around the NFL and all those great memories of all the great accomplishments he had at UCLA and with the Washington Redskins. And of course, I'd like to turn to our final topic of the day and and perhaps our most important. And we already talked about this a little bit earlier, but this episode, as everyone may know, is in tribute and in memory of Adam's father, Abdurazak and Obviously, Adam is uh, more than just a terrific co-host. He is a terrific person, which is a reflection of what a great father he had. And many don't know this, but Adam's father was also a soccer player, right, Adam? And that's pretty amazing. So why don't you tell us a little bit about his career? Uh,
2: yeah, I, I was going to read an excerpt from um, the Hoya, which was uh, the college newspaper for the Georgetown Hoya um, uh, pro football program, athletic program. Uh, before I said that, Uh, Get into that. Yeah, as I said earlier to Doc Walker, um, my dad was an inspiration to me. Uh, He was 79 years old, and he really had a long life. Uh, He grew up in Tunisia, uh, which is in North Africa. uh, And at 19 years old, um, he came back from a pro career. Uh, He was actually 15 and 16 years old playing around the world for the Tunisian national team uh, with people well above his age. Um, At 19 years old, he came back to take care of his eight brothers and sisters uh, because his father passed away. Uh, My father became a policeman. Um, After that, um, he continued his soccer career, and as I mentioned, um, it actually took him to the 1960 Olympic Games. Um, I just wanted to read an excerpt from um, Georgetown where um, after the Olympic Games, um, Georgetown as well as multiple other um, Big East and other schools in the United States, uh, we're investing a lot in the West African, North African, and uh, South American um, club teams and decided to bring them over. And this is one of my proudest um, things that I've had because I've always been a diehard Georgetown fan growing up, surrounded by a bunch of Maryland fans. <laughs> so I just wanted to read this excerpt because it really needed um, a lot to me. Uh, it's from the Hoya, again, the Georgetown newspaper. Uh, and the title was, uh, Versatile Freshman Hold Key to the Future for the Hilltop Soccer Team. Um, so the first they taught about uh, Coach Galloway, uh, who it in soccer three times at LaSalle College and now is a student at LaSalle Law School, said that the team started strong has been getting stronger all the time. He pointed out that since the jittery 3-1 and opening game lost to perennial powerhouse Maryland, the Yearlings have beaten, which they called in the Yearlings, which the freshman team of Georgetown, my father, uh, beat Howard University as well as Wakefield 4 nothing. They have played very well in the scrimmage, especially with their younger stars. The outstanding star on the team, which rival coach called one of the strongest college freshman squads ever and one of the most talented players I've ever seen, was Ben Abdelazak Aniba, a member of the 1960 Tunisian national team. <laughs> Excuse me. Inside that game, uh, Aniba scored seven of the nine goals. Other stands out cheered him on as he went. <sighs> to end that, um, my dad was fondly remembered as Zuga. Um, anytime he had the ball, he was viewed as one of the toughest competitors, um, even came across, uh, players that everyone would know with Pele, um, you know, uh, relative to Maradona. um, but mm-hmm. he actually, unfortunately never got to play with them, but, um, he had a reputation as one of the strongest, one of the strongest leaders. And growing up, I would have a game basketball where I would score 30 points. My mom, my family would come cheer me on and cheer me. What a game The first thing my dad would say to me is You gotta pass more Adam You gotta pass more So um, This song's in honor <clears throat> Of my father After the mm-hmm. Zach Who passed away Hail Zuga Hail Zuga And I just wanted to play uh, Play one song uh, Just a little bit of the end of it That um, uh, Really epitomizes my father And everything he stood for
0: oh, oh, do not think. I did it my way. For what is a man? Good has he got
1: You Adam, that was, that was very moving and, and it's, an, it's and of course, amazing. And, and that's the time we have today, everyone. Again, this show is in tribute to and in memory of Adam's dad, Abder, Isaac and Eva. He will be remembered. Thank you all very much for listening.